0: Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and today I'm joined by a slightly different kind of guest, a school counselor who got dragged into the sports world and has made a big impact. Before I jump in, a quick update on what we've been up to. We just wrapped our first ever culture boot camp, and now we're getting ready to start our six week culture system challenge. So as we do that, we of course, still wanna bring you free awesomeness. So enter our new friend, Amanda Smith. She's a former college softball player who now has her own facility working with players and teams. And her latest project is helping one of the most underserved populations in softball, the parents. The big topic right now with COVID doing what it's done is recruiting. Many players and their parents are stressed out about what to do next. And though there's a lot of uncertainty, one thing remains the same you still have to focus on finding the right college fit. And that's what Amanda, myself, Alicia, and a ton of other amazing speakers will be discussing in our upcoming free College Prep 101 Summit. To learn more, head to mentalsweetsbot.com CP101. That's the College Prep 101 Summit. All right, now back to the show. She's a school counselor at Wascom High School and a good friend of our former guest, Aya McMichael. When Dr. Mack told me about her relationship with her school counselor, I knew I wanted to hear her perspective. She stepped in to help a team that was experiencing some girl drama and ended up creating an entire program for building mental strength and a more cohesive team. I can't wait for you to hear how she's worked with the team. Please welcome Jessica Nelson. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I got introduced to you from another guest, Aya McMichael. And I want to hear about how you guys got together and put your heads together for you working with the team. What happened? How'd that transpire?
1: Okay. So um, I actually met Aya about four years ago. Um, We both started working at Wascom High School together. I am the school counselor and Aya is our um, athletic director for the girls program. And um, the first time that I met her, um, we kind of, it was kind of just in passing. And then through the grapevine, I kind of started hearing more about like who Aya actually is and like her background. And, you know, she's just a beast softball player, holds all these records at Mississippi State. And so I actually Googled her. And almost develops like a little, um, kind of like a girl crush on her. I think. Yes, and, I don't uh, blame you. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, um, my husband is actually a huge sports trivia buff. Loves girls softball. And um, so I came home and was like telling him, like it's really cool. You know, this is our girls athletic director and. Um, from there she would just kind of stop by my office sometimes um, just to ask me questions regarding um, individual players that she kind of saw you know uh, were dealing with some roadblocks in their performance and in their um, skills and so she would just kind of stop by and just kind of pick my brain and then I would kind of start picking her brain a little bit and um, from there she would start uh, sending those players to me um, just kind of for some little counseling just to get things off their chest and um, I think she really saw some positive benefits from that and um, so after meeting with a few of the athletes just individually she actually invited me to come and have a big powwow with her and the girls volleyball um, team this year and just to kind of help them get through some of their um, team building bonding issues, um, you know, how girls are. We all experience a little drama every now and then. And so they kind of went, were going True. through a little difficult season um, with a bunch of girls being together. And so um, I just kind of came in and just gave them the floor to talk. And I just kind of helped mediate that conversation. Um, with so many girls in one room and so many voices, I just kind of helped keep everybody on track um, and try to get out what they were trying to um, get across and the, um, the point that they were trying to get across to each other. And so um, obviously, I must have talked to the girls after that, and um, they were happy for me to come in and talk to them. And so from there, we just kind of started brainstorming some ideas and um from there we started uh, kind of a little program that that I am incorporated into with the girls athletic program and just doing some um mental uh mindfulness training with them and uh we're going to continue that uh, into like next season as well so that's how it started was just a friendship and then from there uh kind of just picking each other's brains and doing some research and just trying it out and we saw some positive um, results from the volleyball season this year and the things that we incorporated and so we're just gonna keep moving forward with that
0: oh man I've got so many ways my brain wants to go right now (laughs) all right first things first let's Mm -hmm. talk about girl drama because it's always there. There's always something, even if it's not there, it's in the back of their minds. They're stewing Mm -hmm. on it. And I Mm know this because I did it, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What, not necessarily like speaking to this team um, and calling out what they were dealing with, but what are some of the things that you found were what showed up for the coach to see like, okay, what, what were the clicks looking like what did the drama look like? And then what did you find were the underlying issues that you ended up uncovering?
1: So I think what really showed up um, like in game uh, situations and like at practice was um, a lot of like sly comments uh, to each other you know, kind of under the breath comments or little snarky comments. And um, I think that's the main thing that I picked up on and obviously knew, okay, there's something there. Um, She would also see just some big changes in um, some of the girls' moods. Um, during some of the practice sessions or even like in the middle of the game, sometimes she would just, she could literally see certain girls on the team just completely like fall apart uh, just right before her eyes. And so um, that's that's what she started coming to me about. And then from there is is where we started trying to figure out what is causing that. Um, I would say the main underlying issues that we uncovered were um, just really hurt feelings Um, and instead of uh, some of the girls being vocal enough to express those hurt feelings to their teammates, they would just kind of bottle it up um, and then they had no way to let that out or to deal with those hurt feelings and so then they just kind of got bigger and bigger and Uh, It started affecting the team and it started affecting them individually, being able to, um, you know, play and finish out games uh, strong uh, and as a team working together. And so um, that's kind of the work that we focused on was just giving each girl a voice, giving them a safe space where they could feel safe enough to approach Uh, the individual or group of individuals um, so that they could talk those things out Um, that's where I came into play a lot of times is just kind of helping that you know being the mediator um, because sometimes they couldn't get the the right words out you know and so I would help with that Um, and just kind of help the conversation go in a positive direction instead of turning into like an argument type situation.
0: (laughs) <laughs> or what I like to call a a B-fest. I <laughs> exactly. want to mark this as an explicit episode. Uh, <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. And I think yes. the sneaky thing with that is like, like creating the safe space. I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, are they scared to talk? And a lot of times it's not even scared. It's like, well, I shouldn't complain about that. So maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe I'm making a big deal of it or like, right. okay, I shouldn't. I shouldn't bring it up. It'd be more uncomfortable than helpful. So I think that safe space is like showing like honesty is the most important thing for your own well-being as well as the team's. And we just always tell them too that like your feelings are your feelings. And just
1: because your teammate doesn't feel the same, you know, just because your teammate doesn't feel the same way in a certain situation doesn't mean that it's bad that you're feeling that way in that situation. Um, You know, you just have to be honest with your feelings and and not feel like something's wrong with you or that that you can't express yourself um, when you need to. So um, I think that the girls really got a lot better uh, with that. And it's probably just because they haven't really had the opportunity just in life in general to practice, you know, getting their feelings um, and their opinions out in the open. And we allow them to do that.
0: That's huge. I mean, shoot, mm-hmm. as an adult, I still do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be stewing on something and then I'll finally just say it to my husband. It's usually blurted out in frustration from something else unrelated. He's like, well, why didn't you just say that? I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it really like two was.
1: weeks ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It didn't need to be that big of a deal. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And and that's what um, something that we tried to remind the girls every time that we would do a little activity or something with them is that these are life skills. It's not just, you know, something to help you during volleyball season. It's not something just to help you, you know, whatever sport you're playing um, in that season. But these are real life skills that you're going to need in relationships uh, when you get a job, uh, you know, and you may have a boss that you don't necessarily Eye to eye with. Um, that's we try to get them to see the big picture of why we're doing this, and that we're trying to help train them up as women, not just the athlete.
0: Yes, and I think that's huge. And I think the the girls, I'm sure every athlete, every person loves that. They're like, oh, cool. Okay, it's going to help me. That one friendship that I'm struggling with, or with my boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm struggling with, kind of helps them see like oh, I have help in other areas too. <laughs> right. Exactly. Everybody can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. For sure. All right. So this is your forte to like help dig and uncover and if I am completely honest, up until maybe a year ago, I was completely mm-hmm. uncomfortable with this thought. I was like, I am not a counselor. Mm-hmm. I will never be able to be a counselor. Like, man, they're just so good at figuring things out. I feel like I would figure out the wrong thing. <laughs> what uh-huh. are some tips you can give to coaches that help them shift from, oh, I gotta be a counselor to be able to figure out what the the deeper issue is into like what I feel now is like it's all problem solving whether you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out why a kid can't hit an outside pitch or mm-hmm. figuring out why in the heck they keep coming grumpy to practice. <laughs> right.
1: Um, I would say like something that Aya and I have talked a lot about is number one, like knowing your own strengths um, and kind of playing off of those. So like, um, I mean, Aya does build good relationships with her girls, um, but she also knew that, that that necessarily maybe wasn't a, a, a large strength of hers. And so that's when she reached out to me. So, you know, looking for those resources, uh, that could help you. Um, but also I would say just letting the girl, like letting the girls just talk, um, you know, and not necessarily going into it, already with these ideas in your head of what to say to them and and how to help them solve that problem and and a solution but just let them talk sometimes that's all they need is just to get it out they've just been holding it on and holding it on and and don't have that person to release it to um so that's the big thing is is not not to go into the situation feeling like you have to be like the savior and the hero of the situation, but just being a listening ear for them.
0: That is huge. And even the way I explained it, I still went back to my old ways of like, okay, we got to be prepared to fix it.
1: <laughs> right. And, and I think that that's as women that's what we like to do we want to know all the answers we want to know how to fix the problem we want to have a solution in our back pocket that we can pull out at any time Um, but sometimes solutions find themselves um, just through the conversation Um, and sometimes sometimes you have to come at the solution together with you know, the girl, um, whoever it is that you're talking to and the solution will come along throughout the conversation. So you don't have to feel like, um, you know, like you have it all together and you have it all in your head and this is how the conversation is going to go. And this is what I'm going to say. Sometimes you just start the conversation and it just flows naturally.
0: Yeah. Cause you're not in their head and you don't know where they're going to take it or where they need to take it. <laughs> sometimes you're real surprised
1: by what they say because what you think the issue is sometimes it's totally different than what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. And so even if you come into it with a solution in mind, your solution may be null and void because what you thought the issue was is not really what they
0: see the issue as. <laughs> so
1: um, I would say most of the time that's where really I am.
0: Off <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, Hey, coach, can we talk? Text.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And you have no, you know, you just have to go into it with an open mind. There's really no way to prepare for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Though you will try to. Yes. A million scenarios go through my head. What if it's this? What if it's that?
1: (laughs) That's usually the night that you're up until like 2 or 3 Uh a.m., you know, Uh stressing yourself out about how this conversation is going to go tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly i've Uh, had a lot of those
0: (laughs) i've just accepted that i will always have that sinking heart feeling and it will just go away whenever we get to talk (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all right so now we know how to get more out of our girls and help them come to the problem solving almost naturally i would say what Mm -hmm. are then once they figure out okay i want to work on this or that what are some of the things that you did with the girls to work on their mental skills? Like you were talking about, um, mindset and, uh, Mm -hmm. mindfulness especially.
1: Mm -hmm. So I did a couple of different activities with them. Um, and again, each time I would do an activity, I would relate it not only to, uh, sports, not only to being an athlete, but also just to life in general, you know, I would relate it to how they could use you know, use these methods, uh, preparing for a test or use these methods in, in, uh, dealing with a situation at home or a lot, a lot of them have jobs. So dealing with a work situation. So I would try to, you know, like I said, make it applicable in all areas, not just in sports, but, um. One of the things that I did, um, and it actually came from um, another person that I developed a uh, girl crush on just in my research and in preparing for, uh, you know, kind of getting this program off the ground with Aya. um, I listened to some podcasts and did some reading um, and I discovered um, Dr. Kristen Kine. And she is an amazing sports psychologist. And through her podcast, um, I was able to kind of get some ideas from her and just kind of build upon those and make them fit with uh, what I wanted to do with our uh, girls at the high school level. And so um, I actually started the program with... um, just giving them an idea and i guess a mantra of um feed the wolf feed the good wolf and that comes from an old cherokee indian um tale um about the two wolves uh, battling inside of you one you know represents all the things you know good and positive and one represents um everything you know ugly and negative and um the little, um, Indian grandson asked his grandfather, um, you know, which wolf wins the battle. And the grandfather's answer is, um, the one that you feed. And so that actually became kind of like our, um, our chant for the rest of the volleyball season. We would actually hear the girls during games, during practice, in the hallways at school, uh, reminding each other to feed the wolf. Um, and so that's kind of where we started because that got us on the path of mindfulness, you know, just being, um, being cognizant of the, all of the events that go on throughout your day and how you, you play a huge part in your mood, your attitude. You do not have to be a victim to your situation and circumstances. You have a lot more control than what you think you do. And um, so that's kind of where we went with it. Uh, We did some journaling activities where um, I actually had the girls think about um, a day that they experienced a huge Mm -hmm. success. Of course, most of them, you know, thought of Um, a a game day where they ended up winning the game that evening Um, and so I had them write down everything from the moment they woke up that morning until they went to bed that night Um, and I had them write down every single thing that went right on that day Then, um, then I had them do kind of the same thing but for a day that they experienced failure And I had them write down everything that went wrong that day. And then from there, we just talked about how, you know, even though there were some situations that went wrong, how could your response to those situations actually have um, changed your perspective on the day? And you could have started feeding the right wolf instead of feeding into the wrong wolf. And, um, and that just kind of, I think, opened a lot of their eyes uh, to the fact that, you know, everything that you do and say really does matter. Um, and the more you play into the negative, the more negative you're going to reap throughout the day. Um, it's hard to bounce back from that. But if you can feed the positive, you're going to see more positive throughout your day. Um, And then we also did some breathing techniques um, just so that they could realize, again, you have control regardless of what your situations and circumstances may be. Um, And if you can just control your body's Physical and natural responses to some of those situations, um, you can actually turn them around uh, for the good. So um, that's kind of that's kind of how we um, introduced the whole mindfulness aspect because a lot of them were completely clueless when we started talking about you know mindfulness and what that means and (laughs) you know of course they thought that we were all gonna like sit like buddha and like hold our fingertips (laughs) together and chant and stuff and and um they ended up like they loved it and I would even um on game days especially if it was an away game I would send them youtube videos of like meditation videos And they would put their headphones in on the bus and they would like meditate on the way to, uh, to the away game, or they would do like some breathing techniques, you know, um, to some music. And so, um, and I could even see them, you know, doing that during the game. Um, I could see them reminding themselves to um, not let a negative aspect of the game cause them to completely break down.
0: I love that. And how powerful as a high schooler to realize the power you actually have over your own thoughts and emotions. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You can't change the outside world, but you can change how you respond to the outside world. And that's huge. I wish, I mean, I'm 34 and I wish somebody would have told me that when I was 15 and 16 years old. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I still feel that way that is awesome all right so let's talk now about some of the i guess the outcomes that you saw with the girls any conversations you had after these things how were they feeling about it and how would you encourage other coaches to either find similar resources and run them yourself or reach out to someone like you
1: okay so um, I think the the results that I saw, like I said before, was just hearing the girls adopt the language that we started uh, teaching them uh, during this this program and and talking to them about mindfulness. Um, you know, they kind of just took it and ran with it, um, even more than I expected. You know. Um, I had some girls that came to me one day and they were like in the cafeteria, Miss Nelson, something went down. And, um, I started to say something, you know, back that was inappropriate. And I told myself, Nope, you got to feed the wolf. You got to feed the wolf. And she was like, and so that kept me out of trouble that day. Um, teachers were saying that they were hearing some of the girls, you know, reminding each other to feed the wolf. And, um, so I think, the fact that they were applying it outside of athletics showed me that it was sticking um, and that they were believing it themselves too. Um, So that was really, really powerful. Um, We The girls actually ended up making uh, volleyball playoffs um, and that, that was our first time in, I believe, 10 years uh, for the volleyball team to make it, uh, to playoffs. And so that was huge. Um, every single girl mentioned, um, the mindfulness training, um, whenever they had to give a speech about going to playoffs, or, um, we had a couple of girls that wrote blogs during that time. And, um, every single one of them mentioned, you know, the work that they did with Miss Nelson, you know, and so I obviously, um, just felt so proud that somehow Aya and I figured all this out, um, to help them, you know, it's all about them. Um, so we saw some, some powerful results just in, like I said, the language that they began to pick up on and, uh, seeing them during game situations um, doing some of the breathing techniques. I could see them on the court doing some of the breathing techniques. There were several girls that during the game, when I could see that they were getting frustrated, would look up in the bleachers and find me and make eye contact and kind of do like a little nod. And, I, you know, I think it was just kind of calming for them. Um, and it kind of just, I think, reminded them of all the things that we had done um, in practice to prepare them for those situations. Um, I think as far as coaches and how they can kind of begin to implement stuff like this for their own teams um, would be, number one, if they don't feel comfortable um, getting something like this started, would be to reach out to, um, you know, resources around them, people around them um, that could maybe help them, you um, Get something started, um, and again, just to remind themselves that you don't have to be an expert. I mean, I have no sports psychology training other than um, having a girl crush on Dr. Kahn. I have no background. I'm not an athlete myself, so I have no background in you know being an athlete in sports other than when I played softball in like little league. <laughs> and watching, you know, sports on TV with my husband, um, growing up and, um, you don't have to be an expert. That was something that, um, I talked to Aya about is, you know, I was kind of feeling inadequate. Um, you know, I don't really belong in this position. I don't really belong in this realm, but, um, I just feel like, God gave me some some special talents and a special purpose and I have to walk in that and know that um, I'm here for a reason and it's for these girls that hopefully you know throughout this year and future years um, that I can help make an impact on and so I think coaches just need to start one step at a time um, obviously you don't want to jump in and try to you know research and and find out every single piece of mindfulness training that you can find. but just picking just starting with one piece and utilizing that, um, I think is huge
0: um, to to kind of get your program started. And that is it for this episode. Did you find it helpful to think outside the box for resources? Then we'd truly appreciate it if you shared this episode with a friend who you also think could benefit. And if you're really feeling generous, head to your podcast player of choice and give us a review. Five Little Stars can help us reach more coaches like you and help build our club of sweet spotters as we all work to make a bigger impact. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me at mel at or shoot me a message on Twitter at Coach Mel Rushing. And that's all for today. Remember to send your girl's parents to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash cp101 to learn all about that upcoming free summit. And until next time, have a good one.